Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, bringing back one of our favorite guests on the program. It's none other than Ricky D joining us on Lulz today as we discuss a very tough topic. Is DFS dying? You guys have heard Brian be a little pessimistic about the state of the industry going forward with the rise of Sims. And we are going to discuss with Ricky, a professional player, how he is thinking about the landscape as we enter the 2023 NFL season. Let's do it. Does he think... I think he thinks this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no. Let the DFS cats pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. Please don't do bus. All right, Ricky D, back on lulls. Bop into the music. How we doing, buddy? Not bad. Thanks for having me back on. Hope to uh, keep the positive vibes out here. Keep an open mind, even though in my deepest hearts, I feel like, you know, we're looking at the end here. Wow. Yeah, Brian, why don't you set the table? Because you had kind of conceived of this show premise um, a couple weeks back. You've also been talking on some of the Sim shows about how things feel pretty bleak from your perspective as far as the ecosystem. So let people know where you're at and what you're thinking for this episode. I was thinking we could do kind of sort of, you know, like the State of the Union every year at the White House, kind of a state of DFS. Uh, I want to kind of say the state of gambling, but I don't know if uh, we could consider ourselves experts in all forms gambling. But, I mean, we 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 both played poker professionally and DFS professionally for a long time. Uh I've I've sports bet at a professional level. I haven't won at a professional level. <laughs> Um, and, you know, kind of like be as, uh, what impartial as we can on what's going on, you know, just some top random ideas or like, you know, the, obviously the Sims, the Sim Wars pricing for all the content out there. Um, um, the, you know, just the, the, the content in general, right? Like there wasn't even decent projections i don't know four years ago 
the rise of basketball, sports betting, um, you know, how all these, you know, legislation is something we talked about on this show for years and like how that can be a noose that's slowly tightening around the average player. Cause we have, you know, we have no voice there. And so the rake will go up and competition will go down. It's kind of the thesis of this show. You know, all these kind of things, are they coming to a head? Is 2023 the, 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 the last year, was it 2022? Is it 2027? And I know some pros, uh, Seem kind of optimistic still on on Twitter, so I, w- I want to hear from them too. But uh, you know who you know who better than r- to bring on Ricky D and have him uh, give his take. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to be pushing back much on anything he has to say. It'd be intri- I, I don't know exactly what he's going to say, but I have an idea. So I don't know just kind of that broadly that kind of idea of like. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and we could like think of it from different perspectives too, not just ours. You know, there's, I don't know how many MLB maxers there are. There's like, like not many, 20 maybe left or something like that. So uh, it's a really, really small pool that we're talking about. But, you know, for your average guy, for someone looking, you know, what, what do I want to play? Um, you know, all these kind of topics is kind of, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but that's broad enough for you, huh, Pete? Yeah. So Ricky, why don't you set the table for us? Maybe you could let people know kind of what you've been playing recently. You've obviously heard us talk about the sim stuff. I'm sure you've been thinking about it a lot lately. Where are you at with everything right now? Yeah, I kind of, I've been playing uh, baseball um, every year uh, up until this year, basically. I took, I'm coming, let's all keep this in perspective. I've, I've always had like a sort of I'm looking for a way out of the old gambling industry, the old, uh, you know, all this stuff. So I'm always kind of like seeing ghosts a little bit more than some of the other pros that we kind of know. Um, Cause it's sort of my natural inclination to get away from this unhealthy lifestyle and all that. So take everything I say with a little bit of a grain of salt there, but yeah. So once the baseball season started this year and I started to see some of the developments and some of these new SIM guys using the Osmo product and sorry, the stochastic product, they're really crushing like really early. Like the Colts like won like, I don't know, eight or nine like GPPs in, in like April or something like that. And I don't know if that's continued, but I was just starting to look at the writing on the wall there. I'm like, oh, I know I knew he was using this behind the scenes SIM product about to release. And I knew that Saber Sim was developing it. And I, I'm pretty sure like ETR is developing one too. And I'm just sitting there thinking, you know, like I, I've been using Sims and it, obviously it's been a nice competitive edge for a while, but it's just one of those things you start to see like how everything's progressed and it's like, you know, nothing ever really kills these edge games. Like there's no like just falls off a cliff just because like one product gets released here or there. And it's happened with poker. And like, you know, when they started doing, um, you know, training sites, obviously that was like a big shift in, in, in strategy. And then when they were doing like um, range uh, analysis, and that was another kind of shift. But then, you know, it, it was just like kind of a slow burn downwards. And but you start to see the trends and it starts to become there's never an obvious time when you say, okay, it's, it's officially dead or whatever. But I just took it on myself and said, well, with the baseball season, it's a grind. I kind of just wanted my own, you know, summer to myself. And, uh, you know, I kind of just took the rest of the summer off once I started to realize that my edge is just kind of dwindling, not really having that much fun. And, uh, and just sort of prepare for the future and try to figure out maybe there's a way out here or something else I can focus on. Uh, you know, that would be more profitable. Because sometimes with this stuff with edge gambling, you know, you kind of grind yourself down, the edges dwindle, 
you kind of get the frog, frog in a boiling pot of water situation. And, you know, you can, you can survive for a lot longer than maybe, you, you know, you could theorize, but do you really want to be in that situation where you're just kind of like grinding out these micro edges and really, and you could go back, run cold way longer. And so I'm just kind of have, using my foresight going, living through the poker, you know, boom and bust and everything, you know, trying to use that sort of, you know, same mindset to, to predict when this is going to be that same type of scenario for DFS and try to maybe look at something else on the horizon. I want to pull up a quick comment here because I do want to make sure we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the majority of the listeners here. Um, and I realize no one wants to cry for people who have an edge that's dwindling, but this is a, this is a really backwards take on this because if these guys who are using advanced level Sims are getting worried about the ecosystem, it is far, far worse for the little guy. I mean, if their edges are getting, you know, reduced by margins, ours are getting reduced in such a massive way. So this would not be my take. Dave Wilson says pro edges reduce what's not to like a shot for the little guy to survive. Uh, there's no surviving here. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really works like that. It's a, it's kind of a zero sum game. We're just getting a smaller, smaller piece of the pie, you know, and uh, I think there's a small chance for like people who like are a little early adopters to this new sim, uh, you know, sim tools that are available. There's a lot of learning curve right there. There's a lot of pitfalls that you can like start to get ahead of. Yeah. So maybe there's a small chance you could like rise up a little bit into like this like kind of medium world. But um, it's just something that like you have to look at the you know forest for the trees here and realize that this is just going to be, you know, a collective, you know, increase of of edge for everyone who's playing and taking it seriously. Yeah. The and little guy, like how are you defining that? Like the little guy who can afford, you know, five K in entries plus seven hundred dollars in projection sites fees and simulation uh fees. And you know, it's like who is this who is this little and I mean I guess if you if you are in that boat, you uh, technically you could now probably pay for some sim you still like it's not good enough yet where you can just press a button, but right. you have to learn learn some things, you know, some, some tricks to try to make it give you something profitable. But um, it would be a good time for that type of guy to to pay, to pay for that service, and maybe you got you know a year, six months, year and a half, I don't know where where you know, and then eventually, I, I, my guess is the price is going to come down on all these sims over the next few years to where you know, you'd be dumb not to use it. And it'll just be, you know, people who are completely oblivious, you know, making lineups on the toilet and then everyone else is just paying their 20 bucks a month or whatever, 50 bucks a month and pressing a button is kind of where I see some something like that. That might be a little too simplified, but that's so like the little guy is the guy in the toilet, in my opinion. And he has like zero chance, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, everyone, you know, any, any lineup can really can win it's, unless you make something completely backwards. Uh, what Ricky D said too earlier, I wanted to add a quick comment to another version of this, this guy he was describing of um, like the, the, like, you know, figuring out before other pros, whether you should leave or something also like success can be really detrimental in, not just gambling, probably in everything where if you run really hot, you know, I mean, Hey, you got a lot of money to burn. So like, that's one thing. And, and, but you also can convince yourself, I think, rationalize. Oh no, the industry is great. I mean, I won, you know, I won 1500 uh, Ks in the first half of the season. It's easy, 
easy peasy. And um, the 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 um, the variants in these 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 suckers are friggin' insane. Which is which is another reason why the edge shrinking is a little different than poker too. Because was the edge shrink in poker, you're still not gonna go busto that easily if you were good. You know what I mean? Like you could lose like and no limit hold them. PLO is a little bit different story, but like no limit hold them. If you had like 40 buy-ins and you didn't stink, like it would be tough to go broke back back in the day. Uh you know, all the way up to Black Friday, I would say. So like button but in DFS, you could lose for a whole season very easily, even even a couple of years ago. Um, and now you shrink those edges, um, and you could you you could very easily just not win, and it's not your fault. Even it's just that you have like a four percent edge or something, and that's just going to happen when you roll the you know the the Sims of bankroll variance. Over and over again, you might be that guy. Well, and the other thing I think people, if they're, you know, trying to not put themselves in the shoes of like the entire ecosystem of why this bad, if players like Brian and Ricky D don't want to play anymore, like 150 maxers and people who play all the contests, they are the lifeblood of the site. They're what allow these contests to be big, to have top heavy prize pools. If those guys start playing less, then the prize pools get smaller. Then there's less million dollars up top, six figures up top, which means less phone shitter bros feel compelled to build a lineup on their phone for a small prize pool. So like it is an ecosystem. It's like just because one predator takes out some prey, that's bad for the entire thing if that gets wiped out. Yeah, and like we obviously haven't seen like a drastic reduction in any of these prize pools yet. Like all the, the week one games for NFL are pretty much uh, in line with previous years. I haven't really been following baseball too much, but it seems like it's re relatively. I don't know what do you say, Brian? Like it seems like it's in the same range of, you know, um, of prize pools. But again, it's kind of one of these. Like I said, it just it will slow it will be more of a slow burn and that's why i think anyone freaking out about any of these any of these things is probably jumping the gun a little bit but it is sort of that like these moments provide these you know these perspectives and these inflection points and you can start to say okay well maybe i start to shift one way or another and you know maybe look at some of the other gambling options in the world or maybe actually find something positive to do with your life and uh you know contribute somewhere else and start stuff getting sucked into these like easy money situations that we are are addicted to the little guy and Pete, I, you might, I, you, I didn't completely, uh, I might be giving the same point you just gave Pete, but like speaking to the little guy again, when they're spending 300 bucks for a Sam, you know, whatever else on projections, you know, add it all up. That's money. That's not going into DFS. Right. 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 So, um, you know, those are the guys, you know, that's like a month's worth of entry fees or something. Yeah. You add all that stuff up. If they, so they have an you, optimizer and whatever, who knows? Right. And it then it just makes it not only are they needing to beat the rake, they're needing to beat their overhead costs for all of those tools and resources and content, which is is very hard. Um, Ricky, how about like a counterpoint to this stuff? Because and I've seen you tweeting about best ball a little bit lately and joking about how uh, awful our ROIs are. Best ball is massively growing. People are going to have yep. horrendous ROIs. There are going to be a ton of losing players. It's hard to beat the rake. These are top heavy mm -hmm. contests. And yet people love drafting teams. Uh, why do you think like best ball can grow with these kind of similar realities, maybe compared to DFS? Well, I think I've always, it's funny because when DFS started, 
I was just playing it casually like everyone else sort of. And then I, I just never assumed that there was this big skill edge between, you know, the way that you could build your team with optimizers and simulations and all that stuff versus just, you know, basically using your gut instinct to building a team. And then there ended up being that. And then uh, what's so I kind of have the same perspective with best ball because I'm not like, you know, super into it or anything. And I just look at how it's built and I'm like, okay, I guess you could have an edge here and there, you know, to like, you know, correlate your teams a little bit. You could be a better at rankings. But then I start to build in the time element of it being like, okay, you got an, at least an hour to draft your team. You got to wait, what, eight months to get your payout. You know, it's kind of like the worst form of gambling I can imagine. You know, it takes long to, you know, set your bet and get paid out. But I do understand the appeal to like the casual guy, right? Because it's much more accessible. They're much more familiar with the whole process of drafting and they don't have to worry about, you know, competing against guys who've already sort of solved the games. So I see that shift as like a very logical step for the casual guys to kind of shift towards too. And we got, you guys got to like it, the content game is much more compelling, right? Like what you guys are doing constantly with ship chasing and all these like, you know, things that I'm, I watch from time to time. It's like, it's fun to watch your, your shows. It's fun to kind of draft along and, and sort of like, you know, build yourself a story. And there's all these like ways you can sell it in the same kind of sense that poker was right. Like we kind you guys always talk about that where there's these, you know, compelling personalities playing the game, you can kind of like buy into that. And I don't think like uh, uh, West Ball has gotten there yet exactly with like, especially because it was not really like a lot of high stakes action in that regard. But um, I can see the appeal and the reason why it is catching on. I just think it's sort of, I'm still kind of uh, bearish on the idea that it's going to be some huge profitable, like professional career job type thing. Like a lot of these other like, poker and dfs and like some of these other things have so that's where i'm there i i i uh mostly agree with all that the i think it's way more compelling the live draft to aspect you could do it in person they can easily do like an espn style show which would be way more interesting than watching nerds do dfs simulations (laughs) um the best bro uh the, the the best ball uh, tools aren't nearly as good, right? Like, and I'm not sure they can be as good. You have a lot more control yeah. in DFS, which is where your edge comes from. Um, my, I'm thinking back to when I first started playing DFS, what, what, what made me go like, Oh, the light bulb, like I should go try to do this full time is you could play every table, right? Where poker back in the day, like if you were good, you could do like 20, maybe still concentrate, you know, some people could go higher, but they were just trying to get supernova. And, um, but you could back in the day, there was no limit. So you could play like the quarter entry, the 50 cent, blah, blah, blah. And uh, if you could make your own decent projections, like you just, you know, who cares? You get 3%, 4%, 5%. This was my theory anyways. You just keep, you know, just enter everything against, against everyone on the site. And over time, you'll get like some small edge before I started thinking about simulations and stuff. So like, but like now you can't play the smaller fields. There's maxes everywhere. Um, you know, those days are long long gone but with basketball the only slight disagreement i think is because you i think the the day of basketball tournaments are going to get bigger so like the sunday you know 100k to first or something like that i bet those will start popping mm-hmm. this year now that, that's a, that's a, a spot where you could imagine a lot of edge because there's a lot of dynamic news there's a lot of things changing um 
you know, because with ADP and everything set all season long before the season starts, so, you know, it's really hard to beat the market on those types of things. But when you talk about a dynamic market like that, you start to introduce a lot of edge cases, and especially with like late breaking news or whatever. I don't know, Pete, what do you think like the, the like the are like the, the EV of these drafts that you're doing are like, is it, I know you do a lot of it for content specifically, but I know you talk to guys who like are in sole belief that this is like, you know, well worth their time. And I'm just kind of curious your take there. Well, I, yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, especially the content, like I'm streaming all my best ball mania drafts. I mean, like the expectation for an average 150 maxer is one out of every eight 150 maxer will get one team to the finals. And then you need to finish top 10 to even feel something on the prize money. Yeah. So like, if you're not going into these contests with open eyes, the feedback I get from people when they're like, launch another puppy, launch another $5 draft. People just fucking love to draft and it's just fun. Yeah. And so I have no problems with that. What I have a problem with is at the end of the season when everyone's like, I drafted really good teams. Why is my ROI bad? And it's like, we were playing massively top heavy contests. Now they, you know, underdog does release these smaller contests where, yeah, if you would rather draft only one Rottweiler team for 350, your ROI, if you think you have an edge is probably going to be better. I also think people like, I have a fucking underdog sign over my shoulder, but if you're just chasing ROI, go hit the overlay on drafters. That contest is like 40% filled. Like go, go do those things, but people don't want to because they like drafting on underdog. It's fun. And so as long as people are honest with themselves, are you just an ROI edge hunter? You better be very specific about where you're playing in the contest you're playing. If you just like fucking drafting teams and how can I blame you for that? Then yeah, like live it up. But I, I just think sometimes people want to have their cake and eat it too. And it's not realistic in a super competitive market. Yeah. And I, I think like there's a big difference between people who play, you know, gambling for fun and and then other people who try to make a living out of it. I mean, I've been on, I, I've been trying to champion the getting away from trying to make a living out of it. I don't think it's a, a very positive way to live. And I think we should like, as a, as a collective group of, of people who've done it for a while, like we're, we're kind of like this plague of locusts that like hits you know, these, these edge games, like all at once, we, you know, we go all in, we try to get there before the money's dry and, you know, and then we just move from one to the next. And I just feel like it's super predatory and just like, it doesn't really get you anywhere. Like in terms of like meaningful life and all that type of shit, but like, yeah, like I think we can approach this best ball stuff, do it much more. Like it's an obvious, like sort of next thing on the frontier. Um, but then there's, the, you know, just approach it from a much more casual standpoint and you'll enjoy it a lot more. I mean, that's my perspective. Obviously it's not, everyone's like that. Everyone's going to look for the quick, quick buck, but yeah, ca ca casual, none of this applies. Like if you just yeah. enjoy making DFS lineups and watching red zone, which, why, which is actually kind of fun, right? Um, football Sundays is a great DFS day. Then, you know, do, do whatever you want. I, I, I would push back a little bit on this predatory. Maybe we could talk about this a little bit. I, I don't really. That's more philosophical, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's like, uh, like, um, I, like I, I've said a million times, gambling's entertainment, like full stop. And like, I, you know, I, I watch shows, TV shows I pay for, movies I pay for that fucking stink all the time. And I didn't have a good time. And you know what I mean? And, and they, they didn't, they didn't do it. They weren't predators on me. Right. You know, like. You, you know, yeah. you know, some people might even argue they are actually, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's it's completely my choice, and I recognize that I might not win, and the show or movie be good, you know what I mean? And so, like, I don't think the vast vast majority of people who enter DFS or best ball think they are gonna win a million dollars. You know, uh, there's always a small portion of people who have delusions of grandeur granted but like i don't think that's 
reflective of reality. Like if you did some sort of realistic polling of people entering, they're just dudes looking to have fun or entertainment, or maybe they think they have an edge that day. And also to like, you know, maybe they do. I mean, on any given, on any given slate, if we play a million slates, yeah, they're not going to, they're probably not going to win unless they have some sort of advanced process. But like, even still, I don't think that matters. Like, I think it's just like they're, they know they're, they're, they have a, you know, a negative, you know, $2 out of their $10 entry or $3 on their $10 entry. And they're going to win the million dollars once every hundred thousand years. Uh, but it's fun to sweat in the first half of red zone and then throw your phone against the wall and then go, all right, let me go look at my, my home league team. You know, like everyone knows what's going on. I think uh, so I just don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like the predatory. Thing. I, I think, I just think people, maybe not predatory, more just like this idea that because we're, you know, winning money or trying to win money, that that's sort of like inherently good or, or fine. Like, Let's say like so it's more unhealthy, obvious. Like let's say you could just like get paid for like drinking beer or something. You know, like you know, would that be justifiable as like something that would be you know, hey mom, or like you know, like that would be something you'd like wake up like at the end of your life, like hey, I got drunk every day, but I got paid hundred k to do it. So if you take to these extremes, I started to think about you know, like this is more of just my own sort of like personal bias, but that's what I kind of mean. Like when you're 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 just going from one little you know, money-making activity to the next. And that's when we talk about DFS dying and stuff, like you try to find some other new way out and, and satisfy those desires or whatever. You know, I just start to think of it more broadly and say, hey, is there anything else we can do? But, um, I, but think I, I guess it just I think of it more like your spot. analogy. It's more like Joey yeah. Chestnut, <laughs> right? Joey, it's like you yeah, 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 exactly. hundreds of hot dogs, but this yeah. man has put in a lot of time and effort. They all know the game. It's a competitive <laughs> yeah. environment. It's entertaining, right? If we're going to go down that route, but yeah, if you eat a hundred hot dogs a day, that life is probably not fulfilling. <laughs> on, on the entertainment aspect, because the issue, right, is that if, um, you know, one of the things I think we're saying with best balls, like those tools are coming. It's an inevitability as well. The field's going to get sharper. There's going to be like gigabrain drafters who get really good. And yet the aspect of drafting in the community and the ecosystem is still a really fun thing to be a part of. And that's where DFS is kind of lacking. Right. And Brian and I have talked over the years, like let's get more DFS head to heads. Like let's get more chasing the goats and all this stuff to build up characters like the old school DFS that made it fun. Like people want to go sit down and at the poker table because they get to watch these guys be larger than life personalities. And I do wonder if that's really ultimately what's missing because there are people myself included who want to build a couple lineups on a Sunday and have a sweat, even if we know that we're going to be bleeding money in the long term. But you only want to do that if it's fun and if the ecosystem is supporting that. And like, it doesn't feel, I feel like that's the biggest concern. Like we're going to have content. People still like the puzzle, but like maybe the question isn't, is DFS dying? But like, is DFS still fun? Like, can we make it fun for people who know that they don't have a huge edge? I mean, I've been shocked for years that, that people who, you know, are marginal at best winners probably losing are still rocking the hundred, like, especially like I see a lot of names in the 150s that I basically, you know, you look at their lineups. I'm like, these guys have just no chance, but they're in there every single week. I'm like, man, how long do these guys have it in them to just keep, how much is this, how enjoyable is this uh, game to them that they just are going to keep punting money sort of indefinitely. Um, 
and then you start to look at exactly what they're getting out. That's what I want to talk about here is like, what are you really getting out of these behaviors and what are you getting out of this activity? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder for, sure. for you guys too, like, cause Ricky, it does seem like you've kind of always had like your uh, one foot out or like looking for like your exit strategy. Like if you're super honest with yourself, how much of it is like, Hey, there's still an edge here. There's ROI. I'm just going to hammer that versus there's a familiarity. There's an inertia to it. This is what I do. Yeah. I know how to do it. It doesn't require a lot of lift. And then you're kind of looking around and kind of wondering, Hey, it would probably take some work to go be in another industry and like, understand that. Not that you couldn't do it. I'm sure you're fully capable, but it would require probably a lot more work than just showing up at the DFS office for another day. For sure. And I think that's like the, one of the biggest eye-opening experiences you can have is with what you got to be really, uh, honest with yourself in terms of like what you're really getting out of these, you know, day-to-day -day activities. Are you just like, like you said, is it just a comfort thing? You don't want to go anywhere else. And that's why I kind of feel like this like never ending locust chase for the next edge game. Like it was crypto for a while with Bitcoin, whatever, you know, there's these little things that we all sort of like follow and, and then, and then move on from. And I just, and at the end of the day, I just feel like, yeah, you can make money along the way, but like, what was it for? Right. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't, I'm, that's an important question for sure. The way I look at it though is slightly different. Like I think more back to like young, young me and all of us, actually, none of this stuff was around. Right. And if you could have told me I could play like golden eye for a living, you know, when I was, you know, a teen or whatever, I would have been like, uh, what, uh, fuck yes. Uh, sign me up. What, like how fantastic would this be? You know what I mean? I just see it as, something I was already super interested in um, and I can make a living off of it. Uh, so like it's, um, it's, a, it's really a blessing if you compare it to different areas of, you know, of human existence, you know, a hundred years ago, could you imagine like you'd, you'd, you know, you'd be working on a farm or worse, you know, and not that, you know, working on a farm is like the worst thing these days maybe, but you know, you'd be doing some like brack baking uh, back, breaking labor uh you know some shitty boss that would happen today yeah right? maybe you'd be like that shitty boss <laughs> like there's just so many positives behind it but like if you if you want to look at it is it contributing to humanity and all these sorts of things like yeah. very little like i do think we are a small cog in the entertainment industry like as small as that is like keeping games going for a dfs you know but it is just entertainment. But like, there's like, guy, like, do you think like a guy who like builds sets for, you know, law and order, uh, like, is this guy contributing, uh, you know, greatly I'm specific? I'm here for this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't ask the question of like, uh, contribute. I, I just look at it from a personal, like, uh, do you feel like satisfied with like what you are accomplishing? Right. And like, yeah, there's a lot of like personal growth, learning how to sim, learning code, whatever you want to ask there. But like, this is like getting a little bit, you know, high level philosophical, but it's just more like, you know, when you ask these questions of DFS is dying, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, what's next? You know, you just keep chasing these like additional carrots and you got to ask yourself, is this the path I want to go down? Just keep chasing the new thing and try to find an edge and and then, you know, beat the crowd there. Or, or is there some other way? And I guess that's, I'm not sure either way, but um I think that's the question I'm asking more is like, then it's like, is this purposeful or, or like meaningful for yeah. society? That I totally agree with like on an individual level. 
for sure. Like working, maybe starting your own business and something completely unrelated might be more fulfilling or something like that is completely valid. I think you can have a much more balanced work life health situation with DFS than you could with poker. Poker was pretty, pretty bad for you in my, in my time doing it. So like, um, I think that's different. Like I saw jungle man or something, <laughs> a tweet the other day. I don't know if you guys saw, he was passed out at the table. Really? <laughs> it's like this can't be healthy for you i, I think no. he's a healthy guy but you know what do i know i don't pay attention to that stuff anymore but i did always find it ironic because like i've heard a lot of poker players say it and dfs to an extent and, and i get where it's coming from that you know the beauty of these games or becoming professionals at them is the freedom it affords you and yet the barbell side of that freedom is being tethered to a table for really long sessions or being tethered to your computer it's like how much freedom actually yeah. is there if it requires that much time in one spot that that doesn't seem like total freedom to me yeah, yeah. you can't have total freedom though i mean yeah uh, you know, try don't try not paying your taxes and send them a letter. See what see how they treat you, Pete. Hey, let's let's um, not get political, Brian. <laughs> but you can, but like I mean, like someone has a real job. Like you can't go. Hey, let's go golfing. Like ninety nine percent of the time, they're like I'm at work. You dummy. I can't just like go <laughs> golfing. But I can. You know, yeah. to, and I can after like even because I could bring my phone. You know, it's yeah. it's comparatively it's pretty fucking free, and you could you could do it anywhere in the world almost. Well, now that they got the geolocation stuff, maybe not, but. So, so really like, what do you, so it sounds like, are, are you going to be scaling back your play this year? I mean, you crushed uh, NFL showdown last year, or is it going to be business as usual for you? Well, I mean, I, I I've had moments, in, especially in DFS where I've had like really good seasons and then like a, a st steep drop off the next. I'm always preparing for those types of things. I do feel like with the Sims, uh, I, I do kind of suspect there's going to be a sharp drop off for me in terms of results. So I'm, I'm going to be cautiously uh, approaching that. Um, but I'll still be in the, in the streets, probably max entering most games you see. Um, you know, you, 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 it's hard to just give up, you know, it's hard to just try to predict your, your, your d demise and then like stop playing before you actually start losing. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, wait and see approach here too. I'm just more talking theoretically from a longer term perspective and then, you know, try to approach it from like, what's, what's possibly next. How can you not run it back? Oh my goodness. No, you got it. You got it. I know it's season. Give me a it's, break. It's, it's in us to like, you know, like as a human, you're oh, just always yeah. going to be like, well, you're just never going to give up when you're like winning. So, right. Yeah. yeah. But you might want to just like cash out all that and never play again too. Like you could always do that. Like, that's, but that's yeah, you can't, you gotta, you gotta run it back. I will say this is, this is um, uh, kind of unrelated, but I would, for my, I, I subscribing to these, these Sims showdown, you're fine for now. Um, yeah. Well, how's, yeah. how's baseball season been going? Like, have you noticed that like the, any general shift in like I don't know, teams that you see or like, it's hard to tell results? because of, uh, because of variance, but this year for sure, I've taken more top tens without first than ever in baseball and the high stakes. I, th I think I've been running bad, but who knows, obviously. And normally I do pretty goddamn well in high stakes MLB and this year I haven't, but um, I find the Sims are less helpful. The smaller the field is. Yeah, I can see that. So um, that could just be variance or I stink. But the, the the I think the main takeaway these these sims do is the the post lock sims, which analyzes how you did based off of 
that site's projections. Until they update to allow you to upload whatever projections you want, it's based off of theirs. And um, what it shows from what I've been seeing is a lot less of the uh, 150 maxers are profitable. So the the argument is, well, that's based off of the site's projections that they provide. So, of course, it'll show and it'll just show the ones that use closest to stochastics will be good in stochastics. The closest to Saber Sims will be Saber Sim. Run the Sims will be the same if they do post lock eventually, um, which is which is very true. But the percentage of winners shouldn't be should mm-hmm. be about the same in each one. That's true. Um and that percentage is pretty low. Like, like it varies, wow. obviously, but like nine to ten, sometimes only like three guys are profitable on the slate. Um, so that is very uh, bearish in my yeah, opinion. Do you, do you think people look at that type of data and have a rational response and say, Oh, this is bad. Like this is look how hard these games are. Like, like reveal the curtain sort of thing. Like, oh shit, like uh, we're now dealing with reality here or do you think people are always gonna be like well maybe i uh you know I, I, that's wrong for my data it's, it's right it's right for everyone else but for me you know it got my thing wrong here or there i think you know that meme where it's got like the the like the dumb guy in the left and then the and then the bell curve yeah, and the then the jedi curve, guy yeah. on the right i yeah. think you have to be those two for looking at that and and thinking you can beat it because I think you kind of have to be crazy to get really good at something and go like, Oh no, I could, I could still beat Michael Jordan. You have to have that insane <laughs> mindset, yeah. but it's happens to also be the same mindset of the dummies <laughs> who keep playing and don't care. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I do think that people look at that and they don't care um, and they should, but also if you do like, you can still clearly still win. Like there's still, still people winning at DFS. So you kind of still have to be able to believe that you could win uh, to do it. And, you know, back to the post contest Sims, that also pretty much kind of shows how you should still be getting your edge is actually your takes your, uh, which I would consider making projections. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would never do it by hand, but that's some people do it by hand and, and win apparently. I don't know how, but um, you could, if you could get. Well, you just use your gut feel like the, uh, you know, the real men of the games. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just I know. Mean, but, sure. Why not? Yeah. If that works, it works. But yeah. like that is kind of because you can make better Sims. You can like, they don't, they don't have it fully figured out yet. And they don't have, uh, in my opinion, like there's some tricks they don't know yet, but yeah. Um, but I imagine it's just, you know, around the corner or they'll get, or it doesn't matter. Like you, like it'll get close enough people close enough where the edge is so small that even your, your tricks won't oh, look at perfect this. timing. Made it. <laughs> this Speaking is just doom and gloom. So yeah, this has been really depressing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see the, right. the bull case. All right, Travis. Yeah. Tell us why DFS is alive and well, the hand builders can make it. They can fight these sim bros. I'll tell you what, the sims are overrated. And when all these sim bros use the same projections and the same stands, they're all going to overlap each other. And then the brain, the hand builders, we're coming back. Yeah. It's a revival. See, for, 
with NBA, I feel like there's always like I, I with your process, there's so much in fluctuation every day. Like with NBA, I think you're safe. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of like sort of manual, you know, dodging and, and weaving that you can still do, especially because it's just such a long season and people get burnt out. But the other sports are a lot less susceptible to that type of variance. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. The sports take less skill like baseball, whatnot, or uh, getting crushed by the Sims. But the sports like NBA take all the skill. We'll be fine. Yeah. So, okay. Petty, I don't <laughs> you think, though, like – for sure, like at the start, right? Like people are going to be using the same things, but isn't the idea that the Sims are going to get more sophisticated? The users of the Sims are going to get more sophisticated. They're going to know how to leverage them to where they're not duping with everyone else. Like, doesn't that maturation happen at some point? Sure. I, I mean, I guess it depends player by player, right? Like for people who play high stakes already, you're already playing sophisticated players every single day. So it's not going to be that much different playing, you know, I guess if you're playing low stakes, it could be an issue for those guys who are just beating up on guys who don't know what they're doing every day. But I think for, for guys who are playing mid stakes and high stakes, you're already playing a pretty sophisticated field. If you look at, if you, if you like review pets lineups in NBA and stuff, sometimes he'll have like 50% Carl Anthony towns in the field. They'll have like 4% or 5%. You love that. And it's that is that is strange, right? Like that's like one of those, uh, you know, old old moments where the, you know, where they're trying to figure out poker, and then the computer would tell them this weird result, and you're like, why would you do that? Because it's pretty strange for NBA to have to have some crazy exposures like that. So that is that's a huge edge if you can figure that that stuff out over over any sim. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, and yeah. and then also too, what he you know he's alluding to is the Sims would all be the same. Um, I think that's I think that's definitely happening in MLB with the ownership and stuff. Is there is what's the, you know a hurting effect that 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 like leads more lineups to the 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 like the clear like Simbro lineups that would be that a Sim would tell you to play which of course that's more combos. Now you're playing against and it changes the whole thing. So there is kind of like this cat and mouse game that can go on. Um, I will say this with, with, with Patty's thing though, like he could still use a simulator and just put his info into it and get even more out of it. Do you disagree with that? I don't know if that's necessarily true. I've been told that many times. Yeah. Um, it would, it depends on what you're else you're doing. So like, obviously there could be some other things you're doing where you can't change it, but I just feel like, you would have to then pay a coder to add that extra layer because there's nothing they can code it. Cause like at the end of the day, it's just numbers next to a player's name that you're entering. Right. And like sure. they can arrange it the way you want. Um, so like, I feel like it would just, it would just help you, but I mean, why break, why, why, uh, you know, fix what's not broken. So I get it, but I still think even for someone like you, that uh, a SIM would, a SIM would help. I, I get it, but at the same time, there are stuff that I don't do right now. I don't look at ownership projections and stuff like that. Whereas if I go to a random site and look at their ownership projections and they're way off, it's just going to throw my whole process off. And I think that's a big issue with kind of the hurting thing you're talking about. A lot of people use the same exact stuff. So when when ownership's off, it's way off because everybody's doing the same exact thing. They're like, oh, say Carl Anthony Towns is supposed to be 20%. So you know, I'm not going to play him. And all of a sudden, he's 4% and, and he's, he's a smash. But like, but like you could plug program that into your sim. So like your field would be more representative of what you think it's going to be. Oh, okay. I, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, but 
I feel like my projections are so different though. How, how would I be able to create a field of everybody else? I, I guess I don't know how to do that ownership stuff. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't, I don't trust no. the sites. Well, but the, with the sites that you can kind of do that right now. Yeah, but there's going to be a big, I mean, there's going to be a big gap in like trying to understand how to simply like create your own field and, and create your opponent's lineups versus like yeah. your own base set. I mean, that's going to be a big, you know, leap of, of knowledge. A lot of people are going to develop. Yeah, there's I, a lot to it. Yeah. Maybe I don't know enough about it, but I feel pretty comfortable with where I'm at. I was gonna say, yeah, we we invited we invited Pet on. Uh, we didn't know if he was gonna make it because also one of the reasons I saw he's staking. He's I don't know if you saw this, Pete, on oh, Twitter. Yeah. He's he's staking NBA players. So now to talk oh, yeah. about the bearish case, that is the most bullish case. <laughs> the DFS bro out there to actually stake people. Wait, what a bait. Yeah, tell, tell us about this. All of a sudden. Well, I'll tell you about it. Uh, I think I got about 80 DMs um, with applications. And uh, are they all touts? There's a lot of touts. I won't say who. <laughs> Pete, no, Pete didn't actually DM me. But uh, yeah, it, uh, there's a lot of good players, is what I've learned looking at graphs and stats. I'm actually surprised how many good players there are. Yeah. But, and so, what, what, what was the impetus? Uh, for this, just trying to get more action down, scaling up what you can yeah, get down. Yeah, just just trying to make a little more money. Like, like you know, that's the whole point of the game, right? Um, are, are you going to be like masterminding this whole operation? You're going to be like I, I'm not them? coaching. I'm not coaching. Okay. Anything. Okay. No, no, no. I I, I was asked that. And I, I made that very clear. So I know in poker, staking generally, you got some coaching as well. This is purely just to give you money to to scale up because a lot of guys are stuck in the low mid stakes that are really good because they just don't bankroll play high. And so you can you promise everyone in the terms of service in DraftKings that you weren't inspired by J Mac and are just other people to play with? I can't say I wasn't inspired by J Mac. How about that? <laughs> uh, you know, was J Mac one of the ones asking? Uh, I can you know I'm not gonna say anyone out this. He was not one of the guys yeah. though. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, he was definitely not one of the guys. I wish he was. Is there anyone you can dox that slid into your DMs? I wish I, I wish I wish I would. I wish I would, but I won't. Um, there's some interesting guys though. Some some big time crushers that I haven't seen in a while. So how are you? Because this is interesting to me, Petty, that you would be willing to do it without the coaching element. Because isn't that the whole thing? Like you have this special sauce, this domain expertise here that you're not scared of the Simbros because of it. Like I would assume you were like, hey, let me train this army of petty theft type minds. Why do you think these other people who don't do what you do can consistently beat the games? Because there are guys that are like me. There's a lot of guys like me. They're just not as loud and touting on websites. I've realized there's some guys. You are very loud guys. and flashy, Petty. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that's definitely me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there's uh, there's a lot of guys like me. They're just not as loud. They're quiet, but they do similar stuff that I do. Um, and if I taught an army of me, that would be to me way more scary to me than these Simbros that are coming out of nowhere. I'm not worried about the Simbros. Well, one more question then. Why? Clearly, you've scouted. You see the guys, the lineups, the stuff like that. Why not reach out to them directly? Why do an open casting call where you're going to get just a bunch of randoms that are probably not up to snuff? Uh, well, there was a lot of a lot of guys. I, I saw many graphs. Where I was like, "What are you hoping for? Let me stake your like negative thirty percent ROI." Um, <laughs> it happened a lot more than it should have. That's uh, what I mean. I would know. I would not know who these guys were if they didn't DM me. Okay. There's names that I've never heard in my life. I, I don't look at fantasy credentials or these websites after slates and like look at exposures. It's very rare for me. So I don't know who's doing well. So maybe that's why these names are, are surprised when they're doing pretty well. 
And so what did you, they, you had them send you what their roto tracker or something? Yeah. The roto trackers, uh, certain stats. And, uh, and, and from there, you know, I kind of talked to master process and, and almost done with everybody. Interesting. Hmm. How many horses do you think you're going to end up with? Uh, two. Hmm. Not many. Fair enough. Yeah. And then what, what are you going to stake them in the, 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 the main field, the main like 15? Yeah. One? So for example, one guy who just declined my offer, uh, he plays about 1500 a night and I wanted to get him up to 6k and he didn't like the, the, um, the profit split. So we weren't able to make a deal. Okay. Yeah. And like, I'm trying to think, what would, what would you give on a profit split, Ricky D? I know yours would be zero because you don't want to do it, but <laughs> if you were forced, like what, what, 80, 60, no, 60, 40, like, 80, strict, 20? Strictly for a, a, a stake would be a lot. You got to go pretty heavy weighted towards the stakey, right? The, I mean, NBA is a bitch, right? Because they have to stay there all night. But they're already playing anyway. Oh, don't justify your greediness, Patty. <laughs> you know, I'm curious. Now, what do you think? What do you think I gave him? So I'm, I'm fully staking him, so he doesn't lose anything ever. Uh, I take all loss potential. Hmm. He's playing 6K a night from 70, 30. I don't know. What do you think, Ricky? D? What is it? I'd say something in that range: 80, 20, 70, 30. Uh, I gave him 65, 35. Oh, okay. And he said no. 6, 65, you right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For no yeah, downside risk. Fair. Free roll. Uh, and, and obviously, if he did well, I would I'd move him up. I mean, I'd be incentivized to. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and and also, if he can, in, is there um, uh, makeup? No. No, yeah. we we talked. We didn't even get to that part. I don't really. I, I don't really understand poker makeup. Like this guy, like my slave, as long as he's down. I, I, I don't. Understand <laughs> yeah, like he would just you, you would yeah you would just keep staking him and then he until he grinds yeah. back to even then he can quit. Yeah. Or until you, you send him back to the law and order sets where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Petty Thep, because it, it sounds like you're you're not worried about your own personal edge with like the sim stuff, but are you concerned about the overall ecosystem drying up? Like you might be able to keep doing well, but are you worried about people, you know, falling off, the prize pools getting smaller, just the longevity for you to continue to realize your edge? Sure, sure. Um, I think the prize pool is the biggest issue for me. But I, I, you know, like two or three years ago, I said I had two more years and here we are still, you know, I've been, I used yeah. to be a doomer. Now I'm just kind of riding out whatever it is and, and I'll be fine. If it ended tomorrow, I'd be okay. Um, are you, are you looking for other avenues in the game? I know you were in the Rainmaker streets for a oh, while. God. I don't even know if that even exists anymore, but um, like what else do you, do you look forward to these and any other, these edge type games? I, I, we don't talk about Rainmakers anymore. That game is horrible. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I could rant about that one for a long time, but no, I, I have other uh, hobbies now. Like I, I coach basketball for high school, and middle school now, so I do other stuff outside of this that's not financially driven. What about have basketball? You guys heard of, uh, no, God, no. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was just just had this thought when I, I hadn't heard, I haven't even said the word Rainmakers in a year. Is that like are people playing that still? Like, is that a even in existence like i like i see so much best ball content out there last year you, you definitely saw a decent amount of rainmakers stuff here and there i couldn't tell you the last time i saw someone's referencing rainmakers like in a tweet there so, was some big dust up recently uh, about like a card smith was able to get it, it was and great. everyone was really upset yeah, yeah. It, it was great it was uh smizzle had a so there's two-year cards for the previous year the first the very first 20 buyers got like their own uh, two-year card so Dalvin Cook was Smizzle's card. And when they created a new set of cards this year, they didn't have a Dalvin Cook created yet. I guess he was in, like, maybe, I don't know if he's released or he's switching teams. I can't remember what, what situation. He hadn't signed yet. yet, yeah. He hadn't signed yet? Okay. So they didn't make a card for him yet. 
So DK apparently, according to Smizzle, came to him and said, you have three options. One of which was he can choose any of three running backs, which are like elite, like Pollard, two other good guys. He could take X amount of cash and wait for his card to come. Or there's a third option he didn't say. And it was just a complete fuck up where he got to choose his new card uh, over Dalvin Cook, which is a big upgrade. And if I was in Rainmakers, I'd be pissed. But obviously I got out of there as fast as possible when I learned how terrible it was. Can 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 I can I throw another thing at you guys the the Sims I'm I would say it's, it's hard to argue even from Petty's point of view the lesser combo sports so MMA tennis showdowns and not the power of Sims there because there's just only so many lineups you can even make on a short slate MMA field and if you got a decent like dupe calculator etc Sims ends that that comp that that edge for everyone yeah, yeah. It, i mean gotta be and I, there's certain guys that seem to love those sports because it's been really exploitable for a long time like i think awesome is like barely plays any sport except mma and like some of those other kind of fringe sports so i think that's because of like i think because sims haven't really got there it's, it doesn't have enough eyeballs and i think it's going to be a quick drop in, in expected value there yeah, because it's, it's so easy it's to understand how exploitable it is in NFL, NFL too. Like some some slates, not every slate. Some slates there's a lot of combos, but on those slates where like there's like a you know a bunch of guys who are like point one, point four, point projected. Like if more than a few percent of the field is taking them, like then there's no point even taking them. Those lamps are worthless. And so like if 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 the if the people entering the lamps and you figure they are. If they're max entering, they're spending $300 on the sim. They, they're probably smart enough to then slightly adjust. And now it's just this balanced field of smart entries where before people were like duping a thousand times like pros. Well, kind of sort of it's funny we mentioned Rainmakers because another thing I was going to ask both of you guys is, is innovation – necessary to create new games that are still like you know somewhat related to the core game i actually think you know what under some of the underdog best ball offerings the weekly winners eliminator they're just like slightly different tweaks you still get to draft but there's massive edges in it because the game hasn't been solved there's no data there's nothing on it rainmakers you know for as much of its failings at least it was a relatively innovative concept and i know a lot of sharp people piled in there to take advantage of that edge like is innovation in the dfs ecosystem something you guys would like to see do you want new games to solve or do you just want to squeeze what's left of this until it's gone uh, i'll go first i guess uh, i actually think rainmakers was a great idea they just executed it way too fast it got pushed about six months faster than it should have been they should have used last season to kind of ease it in and fix everything it just there was no roadmap no no idea what they wanted to do. They were kind of doing things on the fly and it created disorganization and it, it crushed the product, quite frankly. You know, they lowered the price pool this year, which I mean, if that doesn't say Phil, I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but for me personally, I just strangling DFS as long as I can. And then um, I, I never heard Ricky talking earlier about how he doesn't want to be in gambling to sound like much anymore. Uh, I'm fine just, just leaving the, the, the space. Yeah, I think with, uh, I've had this sort of mind like, there's, there's two options. Like you said, you either find the next thing and try to be there first, or you, you, you know, you really dig down and like develop a, a next, the next like tier of, of tools or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Now there's arguments for both sides. Like if you really dig your heels deep, you really could push yourself to learn, you know, 
you know, fascinating new things about, you know, statistical analysis or programmer or whatever it is, you could really develop a good skill set that can really be applicable to a lot of other things in life. If you're sort of just hopping from one edge thing to the next, you know, just trying to be there first, I would say that's less of a long-term uh, valuable uh, way of approaching it. And you could, uh, so I would personally try to squeeze something as much as I can and, and try to, you know, advance higher in, in the skill. But, you know, that's just my personal preference. I was going to say exactly what, what Ricky just said. So, like, it's either the next thing that people like where you can make money. Like, that's hopefully something cool comes around. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like that's basketball. I like basketball. Yeah. I just don't think the edge is huge. And I don't think – I mean, when we're looking at, you know, poker to DFS to basketball, like, let's – you know, sports betting's in there too. It's just, like, the skill – the skill um, – uh, like, the skill gap – is pretty dramatic all the way down to basketball, in my opinion. Now, I don't know everything, so I'm I'm gonna look at personally. I'm gonna look into basketball a lot more this year. So, like, especially yeah. like the Sundays, and you know, try to develop my tool to like something more my speed, where I don't really have to pay attention to it. I could get 150 in there, and I'm really more worried about how it's what lineups it's getting me in the portfolio balancing, and like what projections I'm using, and how that reacts with the rankings and stuff like that. But, um. But yeah, Ricky D hit the nail on the head. You can either hope, be first, be one of the first ones in the next thing, or you just have to ramp up. The only thing that I would add is besides like trying to ramp up from a uh, technology standpoint, you could also ramp up like a petty theft and just like watch all, you know, a ton of, you know, a ton of sports and get an edge. Yeah. You got to watch that tape or. You know, or, or or some other tricks that you could develop uh, that don't require you know a ton of technology too. You could you could figure some of that stuff out, but it is uh, you know good luck. <laughs> good yeah. luck. Well, the thing with best ball too, I, I think an obvious uh, way to get a lot more uh, action down would be to develop your own automated tools that would draft for you with very simple logic. It wouldn't take much from a program perspective to do that. I don't know if the sites would allow it, but that would get me interested in being able to just set up like whatever logic and then just let it run constantly, you know, cause the whole time aspect of, of best ball is severely uh, limiting in terms of my interest. Well, I guess what I was trying to hint at with that question is like, say DraftKings tomorrow came out with this thing and they are going to alter the showdown format. They're going to add assistant to the regional captain for Brian. And then they're going to add this really crazy wrinkle too that in the fourth quarter of games, everyone picks one additional player to add to their lineup. And so from like a coding and a sim process like this, you have to start from square one. Would you be excited about that proposition or would you be like, you know what, I'd rather just kind of, you know, ring out whatever edge is left in this current game that costs me no more work. I I'll answer first, I guess. I, I I think it's, it's, it's moot. Like that, that, that matters a year ago or before, not anymore because now say it's saber sim and stochastic and run your Sims job. Like now they just have to go find the new rule and adjust their Sim. Like, I don't see it. Like if it's that much different now, you could maybe make the rule so weird that it breaks everything. And then, um, I mean, is it even beatable anymore? Like, is it would be a main question? Uh, is it just making it so random that no one could win? Um, but maybe gonna... maybe my example wasn't great. I'm saying like maybe it's like a completely different game type that you play on there that everyone is having that isn't just 
run the Sims and those guys tweaking yeah. their stuff that everyone has to mm -hmm. learn it from scratch. Is everyone going to play? Think, yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. world, the, <laughs> the yeah. prize pools are big. Yeah, I'm, I'm just asking, do you have, because yeah. Ricky's talking about wanting to get out of the space. I'm saying if there's another game, another form of gambling, do you even have the intellectual curiosity to like want to tackle it and beat it? I think most guys like us would say yes. They want to always identify the next sort of edge game that's available. And I'm just saying I'm kind of done with that chase. I think it's very empty. Yeah. Um, but I think there's always going to be opportunities to find new edge games and ways to beat games. And especially when you develop this sort of like algorithmic sim process, it's very applicable to these new things. So I think, you know, anyone who's not totally burnt out and, and not looking for, you know, uh, you know, a healthy way to exist uh they should always continue to find new edge games like that and, and they should look forward to them and, and you know what was that what was that version they had for like six months four or five years ago you guys remember it was like it was like a it was like a six man like you pick six players no positions or something tears tears no it wasn't tears it was slightly different is it tears um, still going yeah well <laughs> it's still going means <laughs> yeah what was it called? Anyways, if if something like that came, what the speed draft, like flash draft? No, no, no. It was DFS, but you pick like six guys, like no positions on DraftKings. I can't remember it. I'm not crazy. I'm. I promise you, this existed. Mm. Um, I had a, I had like a whole system for it, and then they they just got rid of it. Um, but if something like that, they just like a new version. And everyone's playing it, and it's a million to first. Like hell yeah, I think that'd be fun, you know. For for now, um, it's fun. It's funner than you know watching the sim wars go down and petty theft take everyone's money. <laughs> it's not so bad. It's not too bad. Brian, have you considered trying to no ball as a yes, way to to, yes, to level yeah. up to petty theft? I haven't watched a basketball game in like six years. <laughs> You're getting on Petty for not willing to code. Petty should be yeah, getting on you, you for not willing yeah. to grind some film. He, picked the, he picked the right side. I, I was wrong. <laughs> he was right. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Brian, you might spend a couple hours to be profitable now. It's, it's going to be tough, man. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I might not play NBA this year. I don't know. That's what they all say. Rick, he quit. It was a quick drop. It was uh, an easy right, drop. Let's do, let's do some some final comments here. Maybe a maybe a little outlook of you know if we we circle back to do this in a year, what what spot are we in? Are we having the exact same conversation? Are things actually different? Is the ecosystem different? Um, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I want to hear from Petty Theft too. Also, but like, do you think your outlook is for you or like just like the average Joe? You think Sims benefit even the average Joe or? So I heard you guys talking about this earlier. I think Sims definitely benefit average Joe, but the Sims can't be afforded by average Joe. You know, um, run the Sims, the stochastic, they're charging a lot of money for their Sims. So I don't know how average Joe affords it. We'll be playing 50 bucks a night. It doesn't make any sense. It's also the product is very, um, you know, it's, it's, you have to be sort of inside, insider knowledge to even kind of understand why it's a valuable product and why it, what it's even doing, you know, like a guy off the street who's making his, his toilet shitter lineups or whatever, you're going to be like, you're going to, let's give him a sim for a weekend. And he's just going to, it's going to spit out some roster he hates. Right. And he's not going to understand why it's good, why it's valuable. And there's just going to be this massive gap in knowledge. Like ultimately gambling comes down to keeping those guys in the ecosystem. Right. But those guys are just going to get fleeced more and more as you introduce these tools. So it's kind of this weird catch 22. Uh, FJ Bourne is in the chat. 
Arcade. It was called Arcade. Oh, remember I do that remember now? that name. Yeah, 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 yeah that's bros. Um, I do remember the name art. Yeah. I would say in a year from now, we're looking. It's just, it's just. I'm, I'm a, I'm a doomer on it. I think the edge is small enough now. Um, there's the idea of becoming a pro is something you probably sh- shouldn't consider unless you're an absolute insane person, which is what it takes anyways. So you're going to, you know, th- that person's going to do it anyways. And they're it's probably, st- there's, there's a couple guys that have risen up the ranks recently that, yeah. that uh, BG Sareth guy yeah, I was just, thinking him. Yeah. He just crushed, absolutely murdered the past year. And like, I'm sure he's had a very advanced process. So if you're like a really smart guy and you can like really understand the sim process, you, there's probably still some opportunity, but like, there's probably other opportunities in this world that are just as lucrative that if you have that sort of like really elite skill set. So, you know, yeah. I'm not sure it's like the greatest way to go. Well, you know, they're insane if they're turning down 65, 35 free rolls to work with petty theft, right? <laughs> That's the trademark. That's this guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think Ox and Duck just has not like returned to this plane of existence or was he just hot? We just we just got a glimpse of a you know burnt out star you know they burn hot you know he actually DM'd me not about a steak but he's asking about what it, what was what was going on so Ox and Duck is around he's wow still, you, yeah. he was curious about your tweet yeah he was curious about it he didn't, if he asked for a steak I would have staked him on the spot <laughs> oh well, yeah it was eighty twenty the other way yeah I'd give, I'd give it all um, Rick, 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 yeah go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna say if you had any other final thoughts on all on all this. Well, there was just one more. There was one more case that I was just thinking about. I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, you know, the burrito bows, Papa Gates. He's going into the turned into an AI thread bro. Um, really? So, yeah. I, have you seen him, Martin Crowley? I haven't. Yeah, really? check him out. Yeah. So that's another. <laughs> Wait. That, so that <laughs> you know? is him. That's him. I mean, it I don't. Looks, I, I, looks I, just I, like him. I, it would be pretty. It, it is him, and like it, he's. I've never confirmed it with him, but like. He has definitely worked into like a, a whole new, you know, a, a whole new angle into the world, and and he's playing way less DFS in general. Right? He basically yeah. just plays football. They both. So, play. yeah. So that's just that type of thing you, like I'm kind of talking about. I wouldn't recommend becoming an AI thread bro, but it is something that I think it's basically what I was saying. Like, there's an option to continue with DFS and gambling, or just find a whole new way to to utilize your skill sets. I, I mean, I would love to to find something else cool. No yeah. one has contacted me <laughs> or given me <laughs> that idea. Contacted you. Yeah. We'll uh, figure it out. We always right. have. Hot naked girls doing yoga, Brian. Have you ever thought about <laughs> oh, that? For that, you know. <laughs> um, well, Petty, appreciate A- AI you. AI girls. There you go. That's right. We all become yeah. thread bros eventually. Um, the Ricky, you don't, I mean, you, Ricky Petty, have you guys got nothing to plug here? You just want, you know, the phone shitter bros to pile in uh, to these contests while we, while we still got them. Bring, bring them all in. And if you're a good winning player, come in my DMs. I can stake you. That's what we're here for. <laughs> you got to You got to come with the, the receipts for Broto tracker for that to work out. How many, did you let, how did, what was your funniest response you had to send back to someone? Like there were some that had to have just been absolutely insulting to have wasted your time with how bad it was. There was a lot of them. I couldn't even tell you one off the top of my head. There's graphs <laughs> that are going the wrong way real quick. Just need their break. They just need their break, man. Yeah. I mean, you want the top left, you want the graphs up top left to go like bottom right, like a finishing position graph. There's guys who are the exact opposite. I was astounded. 
I've I've staked in poker before and DFS a little bit, but does not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brian, did did we hit all the notes you were hoping to hit for this doom and gloom uh, show here? Yeah, I think I think so. What about you know a year from now, two years from now? What do you guys? I think we're still having the same relative in a year from now. I think we're def- we're definitely at jumping the shark a little bit here, or I don't know if that's the right term, but I think a year from now, you know, it's not going to be an obvious shift in, you know, uh, field makeup and, you know, there's still a lot of casual players, especially in NFL. So, you know, I think the doom and gloom is probably a little early, but in terms of like how to prepare for it mentally, you know, where this is going, right? We all know, the, the general direction of where gambling goes and it, it's a, it's a race to the bottom at some point. And it's just a matter of when you're personally ready to call it. Um, Travis, where right. you at? year from uh, now, everyone's uh, rich. Yeah, everyone's rich. No, I, I, I again, I, I think I'm looking more for my personal, I think I'll be fine. I think the guys who do Sims already, I think their uh, edge is getting pretty crowded all of a sudden. So those guys are going to have to rethink what they do maybe spend more than five minutes a day on their stuff. It's going to be a little tougher. Just got to watch Paul. Just got to watch Paul. Yep. See, Brian's throwing in the towel, and all I felt is just inspired to no ball so fucking inside and out. (laughs) I'm going to become the petty theft of the NFL until my eyes bleed watching. Ball out, baby. That's right. Uh, Appreciate you guys hanging out. This is Lulz. We're here every Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. There won't be a show next week. I'll be traveling to Vegas to do some uh, fantasy drafts, and then Brian and I will be back in the saddle. Um, And Brian, I think, said you just are going to screen share and do your entire sim process in season now that the edge is gone, right? You're just going to show everyone what you do. I'm just going to put it on GitHub. Get this open source. (laughs) There we go. Uh, All right, guys. I'll be back tonight at 8 p.m. for the randomizer finale with Brett Coleman and a best ball after dark with Bill Barnwell. Appreciate you guys. As always, thanks again to Ricky D and Petty Theft. For Brian, I'm Pete. We'll see you guys next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.